As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that once lived in a house with a squirrel in its walls, it's Sif Pop. I had pigeons in mine. It's not a lie, man. No. We used to broadcast from a house with a, with a squirrel in the wall. Yep. And then it would find its way out of the the wall somehow. And, and get then, back in. And then it'd be in the house. Then you have to chase it out. Then it'd oh. come back in. Wow, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I kind of pig- glad I'm in a new house. I had pigeons and bees <laughs> in my wall. Never a clock, though. Never a clock. Welcome to Sif Pop. We're streaming live on Spreaker every weekend. or available to download later on your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Bong. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMoviefriend.com. He is Andrew Ormsby from FlickFricks. Ahoy. Each week, we will chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too. It's uh, We usually record on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I think the podcast usually drops on Saturday night, right? So this, uh, yeah, sure. this week we're recording on a Sunday. I'm not sure when it'll drop. Probably Sunday night, Monday morning, somewhere in that that range. It is marching band season at my house, which means my Saturdays are taken. Uh, it was interesting. I have four boys, all of them in marching band um, at one point or another. And sure. the band leader from our local high school told my youngest son that if he stays in marching band through his senior year, mm-hmm. it will be the longest consecutive one family reign in the marching band history. 13 years. The Dicers will own <laughs> marching band. 13 years they'll have had a Dicer in the marching band. So uh, I found that very interesting. But yeah, so that kind of owns my weekends. 
uh, during kind of this fall season. So as you travel marching. to all the uh, the competitions. And I don't think do, I don't travel to all of them. My wife does travel to all of them. Uh, some of them are far enough away that it would cut a little bit too much. Uh, into time, but I go to as many of them as I can, and it's so fun to watch. Uh, it's it's a really interesting thing because I was never into it before my kids were into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I played basketball in high school, um, but didn't do marching band. I mean, I played the trumpet in like concert band kind of thing. Um, but man, just the the technical aspect of it, you know, I find really interesting. So I got pressured into doing band, yeah, by the band teacher because my uncle. Verl Ormsby is a concert French hornist. Like he's like he does like movie like you, oh, ever, nice. you ever hear the French horn in movies? That's him. <laughs> um and so he's like, Wait, you're the nephew of Verl Ormsby? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah, you're playing the French horn. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. No, about no, it. He, that's literally what he said. He said, No, your uncle is one of the greatest French horn players alive. You're playing the French horn in this band. Wow! So, so uh, I did it freshman year of high school. I did it through middle school and then yeah. high school. And th- this is the marching band podcast now. And then uh, for high freshman year, uh, we did the Lion King was our uh, our Nasaquinia man. Yeah, that's how it stops or starts. <laughs> yeah, Nasaquinia. Ah, but uh, yeah, then we did the trip to Florida. I don't know if your kids get to do that still. No, I well, I mean, well, you didn't go to Republic, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, cool. I'm not sure what I know. They have different trips that they can do, but but yeah, yeah. Once every th- four years, I guess the uh, marching band takes a trip to like oh, Orlando, cool. yeah, yeah, to like Universal and Epcot and all those. And it turned out to be my freshman year. So once I got that trip, I quit. <laughs> like I got the Florida trip. I'm out. Yep. I got what I wanted. Exactly. Uh, well, I hope what you want is a lot of fun conversation on pop culture because that's what we try to bring you every week. Good segue. Uh, we <laughs> that's right. Uh, just uh, just call me a a roller vehicle because I'm king of the segways. Uh, hey. We are going to take a look at the house uh, with clock in its walls. The Jack Black uh, Halloween kids kind of Halloween. That's kind of goosebumps. Like his, yeah, I was gonna say he was in Goosebumps too, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of his lane right now. Um, we've also got some other fun stuff in store, of course. We've got a Best Ever Challenge. We've got the Civ Quest. Uh, we've got our um, uh, Buried Treasure at the end. But we like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Aaron, only two this week. All right. Very, very slow news week. Okay. Number one, Disney is preparing spinoff shows for Scarlet Witch and Loki. I had seen this with the actual actors from the cinematic universe. Really? My, yeah, my understanding is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So Tom Hiddleston and... Um, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Uh, I am very interested in this. Yeah. I I think this could be amazing. Um. If it's high quality and they really put the money into it, which I think they will because I it's Disney. <laughs> it's Disney and I think they want their new I think they're calling it Disney Play, which is such a lame name. I mean, doesn't Google have that? Google Play. Google Play, yeah. yeah. Like I just I don't know. Somebody said one of the podcasts I listened to said it should be called The Vault. And I was like, Yes, that's what it should because be called. The Disney the, Vault. The is, Disney Vault. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anyways, they want this to be a premier streaming service. Like, if you're only going to pick two or three, they want theirs to be one of the two or three. Yeah. So I really think they're going to put a lot of money into it. You know, you've got the the Star Wars show that's going to be on there, and now with these Marvel shows, um, I'm super excited. I'm I'm a day one sign up for this. 
Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Not only for the fact I won't have to buy Marvel movies anymore. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where you have, like, these echelon actors like Elizabeth Olsen and Tom Hiddleston in these characters we know so well. Yeah. And then you say, yeah, we're going to launch a streaming service and it's going to... Is it going to start with these shows or is it just going to be eventually? They haven't, they haven't said any of those. I don't even think they have a date. Date for the launch. 2019, they've said. Yeah, then it's probably not going to be a launch um, show. So I wouldn't imagine the Marvel shows will be a launch show. They've been talking about the Star Wars one for a while that that might be a launch show. I don't know, but um, yeah, it'll I, be interesting to see. But the point I'm making is that Disney, like you said, really wants to cement themselves and as they, your definitive entertainment deliverer right yeah um i i know too with the fox deal when that's like final 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 it's almost final now they get x-men fantastic four well they also get hulu they will have majority ownership of hulu which you and i have said multiple times they just need to make hulu their service a part of their package yeah like disney like oh you could like upgrade like if you already have Hulu, just an upgraded bundle yes yeah they should bundle it they should figure it out like hulu becomes i mean depending on how attached they are to the brand but it could become the tv arm of what they do and then the movie arm could be this you know there's a lot of ways to think of it but man they it puts them in really solid footing as far as the streaming game is concerned yeah. i mean nobody's approaching netflix yet netflix is the big daddy like a subscriber base uh prominence all that you know awards yeah. uh, wasn't this the first year that netflix won, won the most emmy awards uh over anybody it used to be like hbo it used over to be year, hbo but i think this year netflix actually took the crown so i didn't know that yeah it used to be amc and hbo and then sometimes showtime would you know get a couple of awards but you know so, yeah netflix is showing they've got some chops yeah it's it's going to be interesting these next few years are going to be really interesting well whenever you have like 300 originals you know it it's kind of easy yeah. to win an award. I mean, the odds are in your favor. <laughs> Throw enough spaghetti at the wall, some of it's going to stick. Exactly. For sure. All right, what's number two? Ryan Coogler is going to produce the LeBron James Space Jam 2 movie. No, they haven't said he's going to direct it, though, right? No, just producing right now. Mm. Here's my deal with this. They've been talking about this forever, doing a LeBron James Space Jam sequel. Yeah. So... I think they waited too long. I think not, you know, for LeBron or anything like that. But, I mean, like, the audience that saw the original Space Jam are too old to care about a sequel now. And kids don't really... I I could be wrong, but I just get a feeling they don't know who the Looney Tunes are. Yeah. um, I think they're aware. Okay. But I I don't think it's, like, something heavy in their consciousness because um, when you and i were growing up the looney tunes were it oh yeah yeah that was the jam man yeah um hey <laughs> uh so so yeah I, i'm not sure i'm not exactly sure how how all that'll go down but yeah i'm not that interested if Maybe, i'm being honest yeah you know like i said slow news week so but yeah so it's a shame i love the first one when i was growing up I'll so you're a fan of the, you're a fan of the original Space Jam. I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but <laughs> I knew when I was a kid, I loved it. Yeah, I liked that. I watched it once when I was younger, and I I haven't had any interest in seeing it again. I mean, so. it's it's not a movie, but you know what? I haven't seen. It has an amazing <laughs> soundtrack. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the best soundtracks ever. Not even joking. 
I wanna fly like an eagle. I don't I don't even remember any of that. It had all those songs that dealt with fly in it. Ah, yes. Yep. Good soundtrack. Space Jam 2. Basketball Jones. I'll probably see it because I'll probably have to, but other than that, I probably wouldn't. And if you have to see it, then I have to see it. That's how this works. (laughs) How's that feel? Yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Speaking of things we have to see, it's time to talk about the house with a clock in its walls. Last stop. Lewis? I'm your Uncle Jonathan. Are you wearing a robe? It's a kimono. Here we are. Home sweet home. You're Lewis, I presume. How was your trip? This old hag is my neighbor. I'm relieved to see you didn't inherit your uncle's freakishly oversized head. My God, did that withered purple skeleton just speak? You'll see, it's quite different here. Ten-year-old Lewis goes to live with his oddball uncle in a creaky old house that contains a mysterious tick-tock noise. He soon learns that Uncle Jonathan and his feisty neighbor, Mrs. Zimmerman, are powerful practitioners of the magic arts. The house with a clock in its walls was originally a book, I think, like a kid's kind of goosebumpy type book, and now it's a kid's kind of goosebumpy type movie. So what did we think? Did we like it, love it, dislike it? hate it or it was just okay i always go first i want to hear your thoughts first um i'm on the low side of liked it okay i actually had a good time with this movie um but the, it, there are plenty of flaws and plenty of things about the movie that really turned me off <laughs> yeah but there is some fun to be had there and i especially think for like a family film or for kids this might be a blast yeah um so yeah i'm on the low side of liked it what about you i'm right in the middle of liked it okay yeah it's fun it's a fun movie. There is, yeah, there's a lot of fun in this movie. I, uh, I want to start here with Eli Roth directing this. Yeah, what? So if you don't know who Eli Roth is, he's... Good for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's known for doing really dark, mature... I shouldn't say mature, but you know... Uh, yeah, I was going to say. But, you know, adult-themed horror gore-fest movies. Yeah. He's also the guy Torture that, porn kind of stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. also the guy that smashed the Nazis' head in Glorious Bastards with a baseball right? bat. Yes, as far as acting goes, that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's in this movie, too. Did you see him? No. Oh, yeah, he's in it. I totally missed that. Yeah. Had a nice little cameo. Yeah, pretty good cameo. But, uh, yeah, so it, I was curious more than anything. How is a guy who is known for doing torture porn movies going to do... Pretty much what I knew going in was going to be a children's goosebump style horror. Movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job. I yeah. It it makes me wish he directed a more. little more tamer movies. Um, <laughs> but the only reason I feel like he he probably took this property is because of the dark edge to it. You know, there is a darkness to it. Yeah. Uh, because it deals with you know um, warlocks. All, yeah. Demons. All yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Um, that's probably why he was interested in it. But yeah, I think overall he had a good feel for uh, pacing. There, you know, this this movie has a decent pace. Yeah. I never felt bored. Um, a good sense of humor. There's some. Uh, I, I I will say the humor goes either way for me, and I'll talk about more in the negatives about part of the humor that I found really annoying. But when the humor is you know uh, more relational, mm-hmm. I think it works really well here. Um, I like. A lot of the conversational humor between 
you Kate know, Blanchett and Kate, Jack Black. Yeah, Kate Blanchett and uh, Jack Black. I thought that was really fun yeah. and interesting and kind of unique and different. So I, I yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, I was surprised. I don't know if this is a negative or not. I was surprised to see somebody of Kate Blanchett's caliber in a movie like this. Yeah. Because, you know, she's she's Kate Blanchett and then she's doing this <laughs> this child's, you know, goosebumpy movie. It almost felt like this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it to be. It almost felt like a waste of talent. She is too not but, too good for a movie like this. You just wouldn't expect her to do a movie like this. But don't you think she does it well? And don't you think part of the reason it works is because she, you know, understands it? Yeah. I'm I'm just saying it was jarring to see her in a movie like right. this. Right. And not that she's bad or anything. No, no, she owns it. You can definitely tell her and Jack Black they're having fun. Yeah. They are having so much fun making this movie. And that comes across in the film itself to where you vicariously through them start smiling and having mm-hmm. fun whenever they do. But Jack Black is hilarious in this movie. I I have always been a Jack Black fan, mm-hmm. um, but even more so lately. I just think he's getting better and better. And, you know, you think of Jumanji, uh, you know, recently, how good he was in that. And, yeah, Jack Black's doing some good stuff. Yeah, I've loved him since Tenacious D, which they got a new album coming out. Do they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Post-Apocalypto is what it's called. Wow. Yeah, I'm stoked for that. But no, no, it's just like, I think he has found his lane of, I don't want to say possibly YA comedy. I think that he slides right into that, you know, Mm -hmm. style. He can definitely get raunchier if he wants to. He's done that before. But I think this is his wheelhouse right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. What else do we like about it? You know what? I thought it was going to be, you know, dumbed down for the kids, you know, but actually I think there was a really interesting story here. And I don't know if that's more prevalent of, you know, the actual book it's based off of. Probably. I'm guessing, I'm guessing this plot works really well. That's... I mean, it's cool. A clock in the wall. You mm-hmm. got to find It's very mysterious and it actually gets you engaged to where you're like, okay, we've seen, because they're always going all around this house, looking mm-hmm. at every little nook and cranny. And you're trying to guess yourself as an audience member, okay, could the clock be there? Could the clock mm-hmm. be there? Yeah, it's just Well, and what is it about, and what does yeah. it mean? And I mean, it is a bit of a MacGuffin, um, but it does have enough of a role that I don't think, you know, I don't think you could call it overall 100% a MacGuffin. It does, you know, play into it, but it's definitely something that drives the uh, the the information, you know, the important information is about the relationships and about, you know, uh, what these characters are going through. And, and, you know, I, I really thought that worked well. You know, they all had backstories that didn't feel forced. You know, they felt like a natural part of the story that we're learning. And, um, yeah, I, I thought the, the story and plot was another high point of the movie. I'm trying to remember the name of the young guy or young kid who was in this movie. The name of the actor? Yeah. Uh, Owen Vaccaro? He did a pretty good job. I like the fact that I know I'm stealing all the pros, but I like the fact that No, you're good. He, it sounds like we agreed on pretty much everything. So Okay. I like the fact that he had a a really good message in his character about growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and uh you know, not being afraid to just be you. Right. He, because you know, there's always that pressure of, oh, I got to be good at the basketball so that they'll pick me on the team to play and he, or I have to impress this person yeah. or that person, yeah. And you know, he there were parts of this movie where we were like, why are you wearing those goggles? He's like, oh, my favorite hero wears them, and you know that's what he's about. Uh, what was the word that he kept throwing around for? 
you know, indomitable, indomitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's indomitable and I want to be indomitable. You know, it's inspiring, you know, right. even for a little kid. I yeah. like that. You know who else is indomitable? The snowman? The Indominus Rex. Yes. Yes. The Indomitable Snowman. Not the Abominable. <laughs> He's the Indomitable. It's a different one. Yeah. You don't want to meet up with the Indomitable Snowman. Yeah. That is a bad day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that as well. And that, that to me is why this movie works. Because you've got a good cast doing good work with a, a decent story and there's fun. Right? You know? And if you have all those come together... It doesn't mean it's spectacular. There's nothing about this movie where I was like, oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. No. But no. there was plenty of stuff in this movie where I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Oh, that's funny. You know? And that's that's a good experience. And, you know, I, I don't think we can go into every movie expecting to have our minds blown or have goosebumps, you know, every scene. Goosebumps meaning the actual goosebumps, not goosebumps the the book series that was made of film. I'm picking but, up where you put uh, Yeah. Let's just say chills to get chills. <laughs> Uh, you know, every single time. And this is just one of those, yeah, it's a good movie, yeah. you know, kind of things. Um, I will start the negatives by saying the part of the humor I didn't enjoy is how forced the juvenile humor. Potty humor. Oh, my goodness. It is all over this movie. And if it was just once or twice and it was clever, then maybe. But so much of it is just, hi, he's peeing. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And but it's just again, like. I don't think that that humor is targeted towards you and me. No, but, I, and I've said this before, that's fine, I get it. Kids will laugh just because you say pee. Poop, pee and poop. Yeah, they'll laugh, right? I'll laugh. But that, but that, <laughs> well, well, fine, Andrew will. But isn't it so much better if you can find a way to use that instinct to find, you know, those things funny in a more clever way or a more interesting way where you're doing both, right? I think Pixar has spoiled us with that. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they do, you know, they can right. steal that type of humor and then they can make it versatile. But they make it so clever and interesting. Like you yeah. think of the seagull sitting on the water and the bubbles, you know, pop up. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you know, like that's hilarious. But yeah, but here it really is just, I mean, there's a whole section where I guess it would be spoiler to give away what's going on. But, you know, the whole section is just about pee and butts and, you know, it's just like, yeah. come on, you know. So that that annoyed me a little bit. But again... You're right. And you know who does I'm going to tell you what movie does this the best, that style of humor and also making it clever and, and more part of the... It's Captain Underpants. If you've ever watched the Captain Underpants movie, Mm-mm. it is so smart in the way that it uses the whole movie to be about you know that kind of thing. Like That's the point of the movie is that we need to laugh more at ourselves, you know, that kind of thing. So okay. I'm, I'm more willing to go along, you know, with that than I am when it's just thrown. It feels lowest common denominator a lot of times in this movie. I so, got gotcha. you. What didn't you like? Uh, villain, very lackluster. And very um, absent. Yeah. It didn't feel like we really got enough of I th- think the villain. I, I'm not sure if we're not supposed to think that they are the villain, you know, throughout. I think we're supposed to believe somehow that the clock in the walls is more of the villain. Well, and that's what I meant by it was kind of of a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Instead of the device. Exactly. It's more in itself just an omen. And, you know, that's the overbearing, you know, fear that you feel. What is this thing? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the actual person who's the villain in the movie. Yeah. So, but yeah, whenever it came, you know, to them in the movie, I was like, oh, really? That's... 
lackluster, like you said. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not feeling any. It almost feels out of nowhere, and it doesn't feel very powerful. It wasn't built up enough. Right. Exactly. I feel like we knew very well our protagonists. Yeah. You know, like we understood them, where they came from, what their backstory was, and then with the villains, it was almost like. And I'm not Rushed. saying I need. Yeah, I'm not saying I need like you know a huge three act structure to the villain. You know, sometimes a villain can just be a villain because they're a villain. Yeah. But I do need to at least be familiar with them by the third act of the movie. Like I need yeah. to un you know understand a little more, at least about motivation maybe or something like that. But um, but yeah, this movie didn't didn't really clear that stuff up very well. I agree. No, at all. So yeah, I don't really know that I have anything. No, else um, to talk about. I I do agree with you on parts for toilet humor. Yeah, and definitely I'm right there with you with the villain. But other than that, you know, I think the movie. I think there's a there's a couple waste wasted characters in this movie, which I'm definitely gonna have to say for spoilers. Like their part in the movie is so minimalistic that it's almost unnecessary. Mm. But uh, other than that, no, I think I'm good. Cool. Well, there you go. House with clock in its walls. Uh, if you want a fun little bit of you know spooky movie, do we feel like it was like where on the spectrum of spooky is it? You know, from I mean, is it Harry Potter spooky? Is it spookier than that? Is it darker than that? I think it's right in there. Yeah, I think it's right in, in the, the Harry in Potter the late, range. In the later Harry Potters, yeah, as opposed to the er, earlier. I, Harry I will Potters. say it was a little darker than I expected it to be. The ending is for sure. Yeah, yeah. so there definitely is that part of it um, to be aware of. And that's but... the Eli Roth coming out. <laughs> he just can't hold it back. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, I think you'll have a good time with it. Maybe like a rental or something. You know, once it's out on on digital or on rental, you can. It's not check it anything out. you have to see in nah. theaters. Yeah, no. But if you got Movie Pass or something like that, and you get a free movie, I'd check it out. It's a good time. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge this week. Uh, we were gonna do best ever Jack Black movies, except guess what? Did it. We've already done that. Yep. Uh, thanks to Andrew for realizing that because I had totally forgotten. <laughs> Uh, so Andrew suggested, and I love this, uh, movies with time in the titles, time uh, elements, time elements, uh, in yeah. the title of the movie, which I, I love this. Uh, so we're going to do our best ever that fit that category. We'll go number three to number one, do some honorable mentions as well. Um, do you want me to kick it off? Please. Uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is Good my number call. three. Eternal would be the, the time element in that. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but um but man, I I really love this movie. I think it's uh I don't think it's a surprise that Jim Carrey is working with um Michelle Gondry again on this TV show after what they were able to do in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh on Kidding, uh the TV show. Uh so yeah, it's surreal and beautiful. Kate Winslet is amazing, Jim Carrey's amazing. It's, you know, it's it's and it's meaningful at the same time. Yeah. So, one of if my favorites. I would have thought about it it would have been my number 1 probably. Ooh, wow, cool. Yeah. Uh my number 3 is 310 to Yuma. That's in my honorable mentions. God, it's one of the best westerns ever. Yeah. It's so good. I'm talking about the uh the newer one with Christian Bale and oh, Russell yeah. Crowe, not the yep. original one. Nope, totally. But uh yeah, I mean, Russell Crowe in this movie is unlike any character i'd ever seen him play before he is dark he is one evil dude yeah and then christian bale it just you see him try so hard throughout this movie this plot is so simple this is a bad guy the police caught him we got to get him to yuma to get on the train to prison before his posse comes and tries to break him out yeah it's simple enough but man this is an engaging movie 
Yeah. Uh, what I love about, what I remember about 310 to Yuma from my experience with it mm-hmm. is it was one of those movies that I I went into, um, somebody had mentioned it, they enjoyed it. And that's that's all. And it's just one of those, oh, this isn't just good. This is great. Yeah. You know, like I love that. When I go in expecting a good movie, but it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, and 310 to Yuma was definitely that for me. Uh, my number two mm-hmm. is Back to the Future. Good call. Um, and my honorable mentions, of course. Uh, Back to the Future is uh, a seminal movie for me. Like, you know, it's one of those in a handful of movies that created my love of film. So um, there's just such a joy to it. And Michael J. Fox is just so much fun. Um, As, you know. Uh, Did you know that uh, his uh, character was ranked the number one most likable character in a movie? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Marty most, Mc, Marty McFly is most the likable character most likable. ever in a movie. Yep, I that's hard to argue against. Yeah, he's definitely extremely likable. Mm-hmm. He's wow. charismatic. He's funny. He's uh, curious. Mm-hmm. He just hits all those marks. Nice. Yep. My number two. Yep. Twenty eight days later. Mm-hmm. Whew. I know it's not a zombie movie, people. <laughs> but it's one of the best zombie movies ever made. <laughs> it's one of the best non-zombie zombie movies yeah. ever. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's dark. It's terrifying. It's depressing. I mean, there's n- really no redemptive moments in that movie. Wait, are you trying to get me to see it or not see it? <laughs> You've it's seen dark, it. terrifying. No, I haven't. It's on my list of shame. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen 28 Days Later. I swear I thought you'd seen that movie. Mm-mm, no, I don't think so. It's one. I'm not even joking. It's one of the best movies ever. It's in my top 100, I think. Wow. And it's Danny Boyle. So, you know, he he does good movies. Um, it's kind of like a tone. I'm not saying, you know, like the movie, but tone-wise, it's kind of like The Road, where it's just so depressing throughout. Oh, yeah. Man, why would I ever want to watch this movie? <laughs> because the acting is up there with some of the best All right. Ever. I'll trust you. Yeah. I'll trust you. What's your number one? I'm just telling you the way to get me to see a movie is not to tell me it's gonna like The Road. <laughs> because... The Road is, hands down, the most depressing movie ever made. That was rough. Uh, Number one is Groundhog Day for me. Mm, Man, Uh, I wish I would have thought of that one. That would have made my top ones, too. Yeah. um, We've talked about Groundhog Day plenty of times, uh, but just in honor of the theme of the movie, we're going to do it all over again. (laughs) Uh, I I think it is uh, one of Bill Murray's uh, two great comedies uh, that extend beyond the rest of his career, which is What About Bob and Groundhog Day. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ghostbusters. But no, What About Bob is great. <laughs> I get the love for Ghostbusters. I really do. But if you're looking for Bill Murray comedy... That's like, true. That, Ghostbusters is more of an ensemble. It thing. is. It really is. So, and, I, and the thing that sets Groundhog Day apart, even from What About Bob, is the heart in this movie and the philosophy in this movie and the creativity in the movie and the side characters in this movie, you know, needle nose, Ned, Ned, the head, you know, Ned Ryerson, (laughs) uh, you know, it's just, it's such a fun trip to take with him and, uh, and his journey from just being a self-centered, arrogant weatherman, uh, to understanding the meaning of life, so it only took him a couple thousand years. Ten, <laughs> right, ten thousand. I think that's what I've heard. Yeah, like yeah. ten thousand years. So, yeah, that's my number one. What do you got? I'm gonna go with Once Upon a Time in the West. Good choice. Good yes. choice. Uh, Henry Fonda, Charles Bronson, old western Sergio Leone, who also directed my favorite 
movie of all time, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The guy knew how to do spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Um, do you know where that term comes from, spaghetti westerns? I think I've heard, but I'm not I'm not recalling. So the Italians wanted to make westerns, and it, they found out it was actually cheaper to hire their own really tan Italian uh, actors instead of Hispanic actors. Mm. So they called them spaghetti for Italian westerns, spaghetti mm. westerns. Something something about that whole thing feels like it might be vaguely racist. I'm not sure. That's yeah, back in the 50s. <laughs> that's, that's Everything was, was vaguely little, racist well, in the 50s. That's a fair point. Yeah, so I think that uh, that we'll get a pass on that. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it, you know, you know me, westerns are my favorite genre movie. It's just, you know, the simplicity of the story, yet you can find something oh so compelling about each of these characters, whether yeah. it be the the lawman or it could be you know the mysterious stranger who shows up and you know he's the fastest gunslinger around yet they all stand for one thing and most of the time it's justice or revenge or something like that always sticking up for the little guy nice you never see a western taking care of the one percent never it's never <laughs> happened very nice well there's our top three we got some honorable mentions yeah we do um you want to start 127 hours. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, the ending of that movie I didn't is think a rough. think about that one. <laughs> that's a rough ending, for sure. Uh, tough to watch, but still inspiring. You yeah. know what I mean? It's one, it's one of those interesting things where it's like one of the hardest scenes to watch, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you're like awe, in awe of this person and inspired by their survival. Yeah. Uh, I've, have you ever read Aaron Ralston's book? No. Oh, it's, it's kind of different than uh, the movie. The movie's more psychedelic- and what I mean by that is it goes more into the the emotional and mental breakdown of being stuck there for 127 hours and, you know, the dehydration and the starvation setting in. The book is more uh, akin to something like maybe uh, The Martian, where it's all about these are the... Uh, these this is the equipment I have. Yeah, this is the how science can, of it. Exactly, the yeah. The technical aspect. And you realize just how smart this guy was and... If you were put in that situation and you didn't have the know with all that he had, you just die. Yeah, we'd die. Yeah. Yeah, no no doubt I would have died in that situation. A very inspiring story and a very good performance. So yeah, definitely check sure. that one out. Um, I'll throw out Independence Day. Oh man, that's such a good movie. <laughs> and I wish I would have thought of it. There's there's a lot of movies in this category. Oh yeah. 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 You, you don't really think of it, but yeah, I mean if it's got the word day in it, yeah. and there's plenty of movies that have the word day in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Independence Day is a ton of fun. Still is. Um, you know that era Will Smith is possibly one of my. I mean, Will Smith is one of my favorite actors, but that era Will Smith is like next level. Oh yeah, for me, I just easily like, that and Men in Black, and you know he was just he was he was and continues to be incredible. So yeah. Also, that movie has the greatest speech in any movie ever. That's right. It does, and that's not sarcasm people it really is one of the is probably what i consider the one of my favorites speech I, I gave that uh speech on a tour bus one time oh um, really the yeah we were on, quietly we, into the night today yeah, you'll yeah, celebrate yeah. your independence day yeah yeah yeah. we were on tour with uh, the choir i was in in college over the fourth of july and i asked we all got on the bus and i asked the bus driver if i could have the little speaker thing <laughs> attention yeah yeah and then i gave the whole speech i'd memorized it the night before today we sell- did somebody just dramatically salute everybody you. stood up and cheered yeah. And yeah it was great it was wonderful it was a blast. uh next one for me edge of tomorrow yeah i had that in my honorable mentions as well man i don't know how many times we've talked about how good this movie is but that and how ending, bad the ending is yeah <laughs> but man that's a good movie without that ending agreed uh i wanted to mention always 
That sounds so familiar. Which one's that? That's the Steven Spielberg firefighter movie. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a firefighting with planes. So it's like uh, dropping. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so it's about training uh, drops. Um, and it's like Holly Hunter and Richard Dreyfus and John Goodman. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's it's uh, my wife and I's movie. Like oh, you know, we would watch well, it when we were sweet. dating and stuff. So yeah. Uh, it must be not depressing at all then <laughs> <laughs> it's good there's it's it's very meaningful um so yeah always is one and man you know i think one of one of spielberg's almost forgotten movies too you know a lot of people yeah. don't even think of it in his list but um but i really enjoy it i'm going to go with a movie which could also be considered a buried treasure because i don't think a lot of people have seen this movie one hour photo with oh with robin, robin williams. williams yeah yeah i mean it's not like any other Robin Williams no, movie. No, 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 no. It is a horror movie, and he is a terrifying... I didn't love it, but I thought it was okay. I really like One Hour yeah. Photo. Maybe because it just took me by surprise, because I, whenever I saw it, I was just, oh, it's a new Robin Williams movie I haven't seen. You know, I expected a comedy, and it is anything but a comedy. Yeah. It's depressing. It's creepy. It's psychotic. It's It's good. He's really good in it too. Yeah. It made me wish that I'd seen him do more versatile stuff. I'm not saying he didn't do dramatic stuff. We've seen him in Goodwill Hunting and, you know, all those sure. movies. But uh, I think horror could have been a very good, untapped genre for him. Very nice. Uh, waiting is the word that has to do with time, and it's waiting for Guffman. Uh, is one of my favorites. So I thought I'd put that in the honorable mentions. I'm just going to go bite my pillow. <laughs> You got any more? 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Good choice. Good Powerful. choice. I totally forgot about that one. Powerful movie. It's one it's again one of those movies I don't know I want to watch again. You know what I mean? Like it's Yeah, like The Passion. It's yeah, it's important. It's valuable. It was meaningful. It was moving, but um but I'm not sure I need to live in it, you know? Yeah, exactly. But then maybe I do every once in a while. And my last one unless you have one more? I've got a couple more. Okay, then go ahead. Uh Never Ending Story? Yeah. Never ending story. Always enjoy that. Well, not really a great movie. Like in oh, hindsight. take that back. No, no, no. I won't take it back because it's not like like there's some there's some acting flaws in this movie. There's some you know effects work that's a little iffy. You know, there's it's just it's one of those where the sheen of my childhood will always make it better than it probably really is. It's a little silly at times, but... Um, it's also but, terrifying. Gamork is one of the creepiest characters totally ever. Totally agree. No, totally agree. Yeah. And I'll never bash a movie's uh Well, I'm effect. not bashing it. I hope no, you no, don't think I'm bashing it. No, no. It. I'll never bash a movie's effects for oh. being dated. Right. Because, you know, for the time, they did what they could. No, I think even for the time, they're a little underwhelming. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I thought that it just played more into the style of what you would see in Wolfgang's mind. I think he has that kind yeah. of, not really stop motion, but animatronic, you know, just because you look at him and, or you look I, at his listen, movies. I, I'm I'm with you. Like, in my mind, in my nostalgic mind, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just trying to be a little more, For take that out of it. it. Yeah, if you haven't, if you've never seen it and you didn't grow up with it and you went and watched it, you might be like, this is kind of silly. I guess that's fair. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Maybe because, you know, I've never had to. <laughs> I've seen it since I was a little kid getting terrified by Gamork. But, oh, man. Yeah. And, and absolutely losing my soul Whenever with Artex. Artex. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. That's, that's a 
that's a teary that's a teary moment yeah. right there what oh, else you got why'd you do that to me i'm gonna go with the 40 year old virgin <laughs> <laughs> no yeah 40 year old virgin that's a fun movie kelly clarkson kelly <laughs> you know that's real yeah. i looked i saw that the yeah. other day i had no idea i thought that oh was, yeah no no he really got his chest waxed oh yes he did oh man oh that is just and, and how like uh uh, Rogan and all those guys were reacting was mm-hmm. all genuine because yeah. they were right there watching oh, yeah. it happen. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I yeah, it's it's yeah, it it was. There were a couple Apatow. That was Apatow, right? Yeah, there were a couple Apatow films there that that he was really hitting on all cylinders, and what he was doing was also jiving so well with current culture and just kind of the comedy landscape. Yeah, um, I haven't been a huge Apatow fan for a few years. I think he produces some good stuff still, but um, but yeah, he's he those movies are like right in the zone. Oh yeah, so. super bad, knocked up, forty year old version. Yeah, those yeah those three specifically. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, History of violence. I wasn't a fan of that one. Really, I am the only person in the world. You're not the only person, yeah, but okay. a lot of us do love it. Yeah, <laughs> I I found it uh just like one of those edge of the seat movies like completely compelling i thought vigo mortensen was incredible in it mm-hmm. um so and and i love that the central mystery of the movie about is he really this guy or isn't he i love the way that's held on to how long it's held on to and how it's how quickly it's revealed and how quickly it turns like i just i think the whole process of that mystery was handled really beautiful and is one of the reasons i love that movie so. interesting i thought it was all rushed did like you the, the entire movie felt rushed to me. Like, okay, Ed Harris, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Who is he? Who is he? And then just rushing to that end. I'm like, wow, that was maybe it was just so much information. And I saw it a very long time ago. Maybe if I revisited it. Yeah. Because it's the same guy who did Eastern Promises, right? I believe so. Yeah. Another awesome Viggo Mortensen movie. Uh, any more? Uh, that's it for me. What do you got? The Last Jedi. Because <sighs> the word last has to do with time whatever i just thought i'd mention that just so we could have a, an agreement that, that that's an amazing movie and sure. we both love it so much and and the good dinosaurs <laughs> atrocious hey look the good dinosaur doesn't have any time in the title there's no time right now to talk about the good dinosaur land before time <laughs> there you go yeah now that's a good dinosaur movie there's a good place to end another depressing movie with his little foot's mom Oh yeah, ah, that some was of, some of the best kids movies are really sad. Yeah, that was the first movie I saw in theaters. The very first one. Yeah, Land Before Time. Oh nice. I was like two or three. I, I want, don't remember it in theaters, but my mom said she took me. I want to mention uh, before we move on, if you have a best ever challenge or a Sif sword or anything that you want us to do, that is something you can suggest to us as well. A lot of times we talk about the Sift Quest, you know, being the place for you to ask a question, that kind of thing. But anything you want us to talk about we'd love to know um you know kind of what you're interested in so if you've got a best ever challenge you want to give us uh or sif sword or anything just let us know and of course it's the the same email feedback feedback at sifpop.com before we head on to the rest of the show if you um want to support what goes on here at studio dna podcast network that sif pop lives on go to patreon.com slash studio dna support starts at three bucks a month uh, we've got a bonus episode every week that we throw up there for just supporters. So if you're curious about that, uh, feel free to check it out. Like I said, it's three bucks a month, and uh, we appreciate it. Um, I know it doesn't seem like three dollars is a whole lot, but it means a lot to us. Allows us to keep doing what we're doing here at the podcast network. So thank you for doing that at Patreon.com/slash Studio 
N A. All right, on to the Sift Quest. Yeah. This comes from Steven via email. With iTunes recently losing some licensing deals, I lost some of the digital movies I paid for and am thinking about going back to physical media. What are the pros and cons of digital versus hard copy and how do you guys handle it? Are the days of quote unquote owning movies over soon? Um, what do you think, Andrew? I'm going to let you start. There's a lot of questions there. There are. Uh, I'm going to start with this. I think after reading, and this isn't you know confirmed yet, but I think that Apple's going to put those movies back if you already okay. purchased them. Because that's, but how think, can they if they don't have a license to? Because you you you're not purchasing a license. I don't think with Apple. I, I think, think technically you are. I think that's the issue. Oh, but I thought I read somewhere that they they're giving those movies. back. They might that, be. That they you totally purchased. might be. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure how that would work. Yeah, me neither. I'm I'm not even going to assume I would even come close to guessing how that works. Yeah. But um, I used to be for the longest time, the longest time, the biggest proponent of physical media. You, you've you seen my apartment and you've oh, yeah. seen my wall of DVDs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but over the last couple of years, I have now officially moved to digital because I think that there are more benefits that actually come with digital than, you know, any other thing. I can watch, if say I buy a movie, I, I buy all my movies on iTunes now anyway. Right. Uh, so let's say I'm away and I'm not at home and I'm like, oh, I remember I bought that movie. I want to watch it. Oh, I, I'm not home. I can't watch it. I bought it on iTunes. I'll just pull out my phone and watch it. Yeah. Um, also with iTunes, and I'm, I'm solely speaking about iTunes for me because that's what I can relate to. Sure. Um, you buy a movie. Uh, and it's very similar to what you might have with like movies anywhere or voodoo or those kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, say I buy a movie and it's 1080p. And I'm like, cool, I bought it in HD, 1080p, it's good. If that movie ever gets a 4K remaster, I'll get that 4K update for free. Yeah. So there's just benefits like that, you know, uh, just, and it takes up less physical space. Right. And, you know, living in an apartment, you're limited in the amount of space you have. So So do you ever, are you ever worried, not worried, but do you ever think, well, what if iTunes goes under? <laughs> like that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. the richest company in America, basically. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what, but what if something happens and they're like, uh, our servers are gone? Yeah. Well, you're saying like everything gets wiped? Yeah. Yeah. Then it's just like, well, I guess I just don't have access to watch those movies anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Because okay. I think you have the same, maybe, okay, maybe not the same. I think you take the same risk with like a DVD. DVDs can get scratched. DVDs can get broken. So yeah. you're always running a risk with any form of media you have. It can either, you know, be uh, decoded to where, you know, doesn't, you know, play anymore. It can become an unusable file or right. DVD, Blu-ray gets scratched and it's unplayable. There's always a risk. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be willing. Yeah. You're taking a, uh, with physical media, your licensing deal is with fate. Do you believe, in, uh, and this goes to the last question, and I'll get to my answers too, but I figure we'll go all the way through yours okay. first since we're talking about how you do things. Do you So do you think there will be a day where iTunes and, uh, you know, Vudu and all of those will no longer be ownership, but just will be subscription? Like where... You know, like, will, is there a day coming where even digital "quote unquote" ownership goes away? I think that's the last question he's he's asking. Are we are we almost done with the idea of owning content at all, where it will just be compiled for us in you know a central subscription service? Will that day come? Yes, it will. When I we just so subscribe, too. is it close? 
No. I don't think it is Not either. Not close at all. But it no. will come. I don't know if it'll come in like our lifetime. Yeah. I'd say it's a couple decades down the road. Easy. Yeah. Because <laughs> ownership just is such a primal human emotion. But you're breaking ties with it piece by piece like going through itunes is a little different type of ownership and you've broken some of those bonds of oh here's a physical thing i have in my hand nobody can take it from me yeah right so you're starting kind of the evolution towards being okay with that uh in that way so yeah i i, I agree with you okay so here's my situation yeah um and i'm i think i'm admitting to breaking the law here so you know this hypothetically is, so hypo, hypothetically somebody may uh, take their physical media and rip it to a digital copy. And that's the kind of digital um, ownership that I'm excited about. Hypothetically. Is, hypothetically. Is the idea of, <laughs> is the idea of yes, I have the 4K Blu-ray, right? Yeah. But I also have uh, a, you know, 50 gig <laughs> 4K, you know, digital file on a hard drive yeah. that is mine. Like, I don't care who loses what licensing deal, that's on my hard drive. Like, I can play that, you know, as long as there's software to play it, mm -hmm. um, you know, whenever I want. And that way, if my, you know, Blu ray gets scratched or whatever, you know, I still have that pristine digital copy uh, available to me. So for me, that's the be that's what I like to do. Hypothetically. Um, hypothetically. <laughs> is is and what's weird is what's what's very strange to me is there was actually a ruling uh on DVD that you could make a digital copy for backup purposes for your DVDs. Yeah. However, I don't know that anyone has extended that to higher definition and technically if you read the fine print on movies that you buy, you're not allowed to rip even your own movies that you own. Technically, I think if I'm understanding the law correctly, um, so it's it's just a weird world we live in where it's like, okay, I think the subscription model is going to take over eventually because it is the simplest way to understand content, uh, quote unquote ownership. Is mm -hmm. the idea of no, it's not mine, it's never been mine, but I'm paying a subscription fee to be ever be able to see it when I want to, you know? Yeah. Um. And honestly, that technology is probably closer to what content creators would have liked when they started making content. The only reason we have hard copies is because that was the only way to have home viewing of stuff to start off with, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I do think a subscription service makes the most sense down the line. But I will miss the idea of having my own digital library, hypothetically, from my own. You see this type of thing happening in different forms other than movies and TV. You see it in video games, too. Yeah, with um, Steam. Yeah, uh, but also, like, you look at Xbox and what they're doing is they say, from now on, any movie you or any video game you buy from us digitally will play on any device in the future because I didn't know this, but, like, you know how they always have, like, uh, backwards compatibility, you know? Like, well, a, a game there's, for they some try, games. yeah. Uh, I didn't know. You're like, okay, you have all these games on the 360. Why do, why can't I just play it on the Xbox One? You find out because whenever, like for third parties, like if they got a game from Activision or from Bungie or something like that, their license wasn't to have that game play on an Xbox platform. They had a license to play on the Xbox 360. Mm. So they don't have a license with yeah, Activision yeah. or Bungie to play on this newer platform. Right. So that's why... 
people are like, why can't you just do it? Because they can't. They don't own that game. They're licensing yeah. it, and then they license well, it to you. Well, and sometimes, I mean, like even like I think of Nintendo specifically, they own their licenses to their own games, right? Well, but, Netflix or Nintendo's its own, you know, thing. Well, I'm just saying. Well, does Xbox not own any of their games? Are they, have, they, they only have, a... they have first party games? Okay, yeah. And all their first party games are all backwards compatible. Okay. But it's only third party games like the Call of Duties, the games that they themselves don't make. Us. Right. You know, software companies, and you know, they yeah. make them. So, uh, I will also throw out there: if you know someone who is hypothetically has a d- digital library, the um, software uh, Plex is the best. Plex Media Server is absolutely phenomenal. Um, just it has all the information. It's very has an app that's user friendly, so you can watch stuff on phone, tablet, um, anywhere you are. You know, Chrome, uh, Chromecast, Apple. You know, TV, all that stuff has usually has a Plex app. In fact, most TVs come with a Plex app built in now. So, um, just makes it really nice to to have your entire library there. Hypothetically, if you nice. would hypothetically do that thing. Hypothetically. That's hypothetically nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's how uh, we do it, or people might hypothetically do it, and uh, and I think we're in agreement that owning movies is probably a thing of the past at some point. Yeah. Um, we'll just see when I feel like owning music is almost a thing of the past now. Like, you know, uh, subscription service is pretty much how everybody listens to music right now. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and what I say, at least new music. Yeah. I don't listen to new music. I'm one of those old, uh, who's like, <laughs> I have a thousand songs on my phone. I don't need any more music with movies. I'll see every movie till the end of time. Right. But with Music, I'm like, I have all There's the music. There's no I new good music coming out. Well, all the good music was made earlier. I haven't listened to the radio in a couple years, so I don't know any new music. Yeah. Unless I like go into like a store and they have it playing over the radio. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard that song before. Yeah. Uh, music discovery for me is all on Spotify. Um, you know, we have a family subscription to Spotify, and that's the kind of thing I imagine uh, visual content will somehow coalesce. You know, to where it's just a subscription thing. So, it, who knows? It may happen in a snap. It's just hard for me to see how all that goes away. They're going to Thanos it on you. Quickly. Uh, I will say the other thing about uh, heart, um, actual physical media mm-hmm. is the there's no buffering. You know, like it is a machine that is designed to read this and, you know, put it on the screen perfectly. Yeah. And with the internet, there's always, you know, there's, there's pieces in the line, you know, the chain that goes to get that information that can always uh, be a little wonky. So, um, of course, you can, you know, download the file, too, and that kind of stuff. But then yeah. even files can, they, you know, is the computer RAM? Is it the, you know, that kind of stuff. So Can't trust the Internet. There, there is something there is something nice about throwing in a 4K Blu-ray with a 4K TV and going, oh, that's gorgeous. That's exactly how it's supposed to look. Well, I have you know? 4K Apple TV shows, and then I watch, you know, on my 4K TV, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I, I couldn't understand telling the difference between this and a 4k blu-ray yeah it just it's too perfect yeah yeah it's all very nice we live in a very nice time <laughs> thank you Stephen, for that question uh if you've got one if you've got a quest you want to send us on uh, just make sure you email us at feedback at sifpop.com all right ready for some buried treasure yeah what's that uh, one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about i'm gonna go with a new netflix original called maniac me too Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's you want me share. to pick another one? No, no. I'll I'll pick another one. I have another one. You go ahead and talk. Because oh, I had no. Well, you brought it up. No, I, no. Maniac is awesome. I couldn't it's wait. Really good. I, I couldn't wait to talk about it. I 
I it blew my mind. I I it has been a long time since I've loved a TV show this much. Yeah. Um, I I just I it is. There's so many things I want to talk about with it. It's one of those shows that I'm just like, can everybody please go ahead and watch it so we can all just talk about it? Yeah. Um. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful metaphorically. It's beautiful thematically. It's beautiful performance wise. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful the way the episodes are split. It's perfect for streaming TV. Yeah. Because some episodes are 20 minutes long. Some are 45 minutes long. It's whatever the episode needs to be. It's structured in an interesting way where the you know the first episode is you know one of our main characters, the second episode is the second main character, and then they kind of merge and we you know go into the rest of the show. Like it, it's just so smart, so interesting. So the 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 alternate reality version of it is really clever and cool and interesting. Um, you know, Justin Theroux is a, is oh, he's so good. He's mind blowing in it. Jonah uh, Hill is like killing it. Emma Stone is great. Sally Field is great. Yeah. Uh, I I I I loved 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 Maniac. I did too. Yeah, it's really good. I haven't seen as soon as uh, I mentioned Maniac, you guys should have seen the look <laughs> on Aaron's face of just he turned into a four year old kid. I love that so much too. Oh, I just want to hug it and squeeze it. And... It's it's really good. So my backup, uh, well, hey, treasure. I'm not done talking about Mania. We got to okay. talk more about Mania because the other thing I I wanted to talk about with it is <laughs> I mentioned the metaphorical aspect in the in more thematic than metaphorical actually because what you're seeing on the screen is happening. Um, there's there's a dream state to a lot of it that's that's really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I love that this is a show about how our mind works. And about how we treat problems in our life through our mind. So this show brings up, you know, uh, philosophies of, um, you know, the difference between psychology and psychiat, you know, psych, uh, you know, psychology, psychiatry. psychiatry. Yeah, um, between medicine and counseling, right? Uh, therapy, uh, you know, medicinal therapy versus, you know, counseling therapy. Uh, the idea of how pop culture is a way that we deal with our trauma, we deal with our mental issues. It very specifically shows how different people could use different uh, genres of pop culture to work through issues in their lives. Um, I, I was just, I was blown away by how deep this show was in that way. Because that, for me, that's what gets me excited, is when a show is, you know, when a show is great acting and it's fun and it's got a good story and the sci-fi is cool or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. If a show is like, oh, that philosophically, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Oh, that's cool how they, you know, related that to that. I'm in. When it's both, I'm over the moon. And this is both. This is Black Mirror meets Inception, meets Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, you know, me. I mean, it's just there's, uh, it's just uh, meets uh, Legion. Here's what's interesting about this show. Oh yeah, uh, for some reason I was thinking of that really bad. Paul Benton movie. No, and you love Legion, right? I like, love Legion. Yeah, you like Legion more than I do. What I don't like about Legion is I'm it, like it's it it doesn't hold together well enough for me. Like it's it's too I have to stretch too far to understand what's going on, right? Yeah. Maniac I didn't feel was like that. It yes, it's strange and quirky and weird, but I think it's it's right there easy to grasp what they're going for in the narrative, right? Like the narrative seems clear to me. It doesn't seem confusing. Um, it just so, shows how good Carrie Fukunaga oh, is. I uh, just and got really excited for him. Bond, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, now you can talk about your backup. I just There's so much I'd like to say about me. Uh, so, uh, 
there's a movie that had been on my list of shame I hadn't seen, and I finally got around to seeing it. Okay. Because we talked about Mandy last week and we were on our Nick Cage rant, I realized I hadn't seen Adaptation. Oh, good. I finally saw it. What'd you think? That's an amazing movie. Isn't it great? It's so good. I am shocked that Nick Cage didn't win an Oscar for that. Right. Because, okay, we were talking about likable characters. Mm-hmm. Donald Kaufman, I know he's not real, but I love that guy so much. He is so upbeat about everything. Whenever he had that moment in the movie and he was talking about uh, the girl making fun of him because he said he loved her mm-hmm. and then she walked away, he's like, yeah, I didn't care. And he just had a smile on his face. He's like, yeah, she can't take that away from me. I love her. It's not her business who I love. And, right, yeah. And you just think, wow. A lot of people, that would crush them. But not you. Not you, Donald Kaufman. And then you look at Charlie... <laughs> Who is a real person? Right. It is one of the most, if not the most, meta movie I've ever seen. It's brilliant. I mean, the mind of Charlie Kaufman yeah. is just, uh, like it's a, it's a place. And that is another one of those, you know, movies where I'm, where both things come together for me, where it's so yeah. brilliant and philosophical. And yes, the performances are great and it's fun, but, um, but man. Did you know if you look up uh, the Orchid Thief movie on uh, IMDb, it comes up as adaptation. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got around to seeing that. That's that's great stuff. I all wanted around. to watch Con Air, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen Con Air before, though, right? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I, think, I watch all I the like, bad Whoa. Nick Cage movies, but I hadn't seen the good ones yet. Apparently, somebody won an Oscar for adaptation, didn't they? Uh, two people did. Uh, did Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep won, and okay. then uh, Chris Cooper did. I okay. Think. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I that that movie deserves all the wonderfuls. Yeah, it really does. Uh, very nice. Well, there you go. Two two full throated recommendations in the yeah in the buried treasure today for uh, adaptation and maniac. And then three years from now, we'll find out they're in a shared universe <gasps> and they'll come together. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Congratulations, we did it, Andrew. Woo. We popped some sifts. Wait. <laughs> Ew. That, that's that, that not, didn't sound that right didn't at sound, all. That didn't sound right. No, we sifted some pops. Yeah, there we go. That sounds a little bit better. We we had some Coca-Cola, some Pepsis, and we sorted them all out. We sifted them. We, we put did. them in order. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sift Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. If you want to find more about other live and later shows on the network, you can follow us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. A huge thanks to Andrew for dropping by again. Thank you, buddy. some pop culture. Yeah. You can uh, catch him at Flick Freaks on Twitter and all the socials. Yep. Uh, and you can catch me at Aaron Dicer on Twitter or your movie friend on YouTube. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. A lot of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment at whatever player you use for your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spreaker or wherever. Uh, or you can email us, probably the best way, at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time with this, make sure you let your movie-loving friends know about it. They'll probably like it, too. Uh, let them know that listening is even easier than balancing an adult-sized head with your baby body. Uh, we'll do some spoiler chat, quick spoiler chat stuff for the house uh, with a clock in its wall. So it'll be another episode in your feed. And then we'll be back again next week. You guys have been picking the movies here for the last uh, uh, but not few this, weeks. Not this coming week. No, what are we doing? Venom. We're doing Venom next week, says Andrew. Yeah. The thing he doesn't know is I'll decide what we're doing. 
I mean, you can see whatever you want to see. I'll tell you, I'm seeing Venom. We'll be back next week to talk about Venom, and we'll see you then. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.